Hey Star Wars fans, welcome back to another episode of Cantina Thoughts, where you guys know we talk about all things Star Wars from the TVs, film, comics, and so much more. Sitting with me today, we have a new member from the All Star Wars Network, where we can discuss about a debate that has Star Wars fans at each other's throats, and later in the program, I get to vent about the new Darth Vader issue by Marvel. So let's sit back, drink some Jawa juice, and enjoy the show. start things off the show, joining me for the first time as a new member to the All Star Wars Network. He is from the podcasting division. Greg, how you doing tonight? Good. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Greg is actually one of the first members to be part of the podcasting section. We had applications earlier this month of hiring new people for the ASW Network. We're hiring people for the podcast division, the YouTube, uh, as well as... Um, some editings and some account managements and Greg was a great guy that we met from there and uh, we also know you a lot from your work on Instagram which he does have a really awesome Instagram page uh, we'll get to talk about that in a little bit and uh, it was just really cool to actually have you on board today because it's just now we're starting this new era of the network we're just having all new people come and we're having uh, so many great panelists we have throughout two other people that I have in our podcasting section and we're going to be doing shows later on uh with you and with other people and Mike too. So we're really excited about that. So, but uh, tell us people where you come from. Uh, what, what do you do? Well, I, I love Star Wars and I've been collecting um, figures since I was young and now I'm, I'm starting to collect them again. Um, and so, I, um, yeah, I just really love the franchise. Grew up with the prequels and uh, my channel. You can find me uh, at uh, Starfigs. And I provide like news, like updates throughout the Star Wars universe, photos, uh, art, and I've been and I've been a fan since uh, 1997. And wow. so, also you could check out uh, my YouTube, uh, Starfigs uh, Gaming, which I provide uh, some Battlefront uh, clips, just like little yes, clips of like uh, epic kills, uh, funny moments, and uh, some glitches. So yeah, um, I love. I've been growing up with the games. Um, the movies, the TV shows, even the comics. And I love, I love the franchise that it has brought me and how much it has like impacted me today. Awesome. Yeah, I, I forgot that you do have a YouTube channel. Uh, I would, I'd actually dig it to watch some of your Battlefront videos. And I love, and I, they're, they're really good, by the way. So I do appreciate oh, those. And I do appreciate what you do for the channel here. But uh, let's get right to the meat potatoes. Uh, there's a debate going on that just has Star Wars fans getting at each other's throat. Um, I would say it's almost as toxic as the prequels versus the original trilogy debate. But, uh, Greg, what's your opinion on The Force Awakens as a, is a copy to The New Hope? Do you, do you agree with that statement or do you disagree? I agree. I, I, I find some elements that they're like really similar um mm -hmm. like the i remember uh, even doing a uh watching the film the other day and um like i kind of noticed how uh we have like the three new heroes uh like um in, in a new hope we had leia han and luke and how in this case we have ray finn and poe and how they just lived uh normal lives like i remember reading the book before the Re awakening and that was pre uh, prequel to the force awakens and it just talked about their normal lives before the events of, of the force awakens and then during the events mm -hmm. of the force awakens their lives were changed like dramatic drastically compared to or like um uh l like the characters in a new hope and also i find it similar of the droids r2 and bb8 right. they're both astromech droids and they both carry uh vital information 
such as both the Death Star plans and the uh, map to Luke Skywalker, and how they cannot um, have uh, they cannot get it into enemy hands uh, of the Force Order and the uh, Empire. And then also, I noticed a simulation between uh, uh, Ray and Luke. How Ray, like both of them, they live on desert planets, and they both have like a regular life. Ray's a scavenger uh, from Jakku, mm. and then Luke's a farm boy. And basically, how like I kind of uh, stated before, how their lives like you know are just normal before like a certain droid or droids kind of come into their life. And also, I kind of notice a sim. Um, kind of the uh, similars, similarities between Obi-Wan and Han. And people are like, well, mm. uh, both of them are, you know, older, up in their age. But both right. talk about the stories about the past, mainly about, like, the Jedi. Like, Obi-Wan was addressing about, uh, to Luke, about, you know, um, like, the Jedi lived for thousands of generations and was talking about the Clone Wars. And then how Han was talking about the Jedi, um, like, Luke's uh, Jedi training and how like one boy, you know, kind of ruined it for him. And then both of them, they make they made uh, the ultimate sacrifice to save their friends. And mainly the main um, similarities between uh, New Hope and The Force Awakens was definitely how you have two super weapons that were addressed in the film. In the films, uh, the Death Star and Star Killer Base, both are planet okay. killers. Both, both are capable of destroying planets, and they have weaknesses, and they later get destroyed. Well, let's let's talk about the main characters because I feel like uh, when it comes to comparing like the films like this, let's start with the main guy, right? So let's start with mm -hmm. Ray because I like what you said about Ray and Luke. Um, they both grew up on the on a desert planet, and uh, they they both have these type of, um, I want to say like a difficult life maybe or a life that's not so interesting, you know, as compared mm -hmm. to. Excitement and adventure, as such as that. But uh, let's talk about that because, for me, when I watched the film, I noticed that you know obviously there's some similar bumps um, along the way, and we'll get to those in a second. But with with Ray and Luke, uh, I could tell, especially the way their their wardrobe, you know, because the wardrobe that they, that Ray has is is it's like a gray, not gray, sorry, it's like a just beige and white um a little bit of brown and then like with luke it's, it's almost the same exact thing and mm -hmm. that that's where i feel like I, I feel like it's that part is not as bad as what other people are saying about it because i feel like uh um like star wars has similar beats you know yeah. uh star wars is like is like poetry it has it has many different beats to it um mm -hmm. from from george what george has said right and I feel like with that, I appreciate that a lot because it kind of kind of goes back. Cause you can even make the same argument about Anakin and Luke, um, especially in Episode One. Anakin had a similar wardrobe compared to Luke, you know, mm -hmm. and then Luke had yeah. a similar wardrobe compared to Rey. So I feel like that, for me, kind of like has that kind of the theory supports that Rey is a Skywalker, but maybe not. But um, kind of just having those similar those similar tropes are very unique, and I do and I do like that. But I understand that it could that it does seem like it's just recopying, but it's technically like to me it technically doesn't. But um, other than that, the other thing that I like that you brought up was uh, the mentors, um, uh, Han Solo and Obi Wan, because in Episode Four we only had Obi Wan for maybe a third of the film or so, yeah. uh, maybe close to half, right? Close to half of the film. Yeah. Um, and w with that, we we saw. Uh, him teaching Luke about the Force, um, well, technically how to use the Force in a way, uh, and then ultimately sacrifice himself for the greater good. Um, 
And with Han Solo, I feel like he did the same, but I feel like he was doing it in a different way than uh, than Obi Wan, because I actually really do like the way that Lucasfilm treated Han Solo, because we all know that Harrison Ford, um, back back in the eighties, he he didn't really like the role. Uh, he felt like the the character wasn't going nowhere. Uh, he felt like the character development between him, Luke, and Leia it was the minimal between the other two. And you know, for me, I see that you know I didn't really I don't agree with that, but um, yeah. I, I could see from an actor's point of view if you get tired of the role, it's it's hard to portray it with a with a genuine like uh, satisfaction, you know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, and then I feel like with this, it kind of gives Harrison Ford the send off that he's been wanting. But I feel like as well, it gives Harrison Ford and Han Solo the character development that is so powerful. Uh, because in the trailer, when I first saw the trailer came out for, I think it was during Monday Night, Fo- Monday Night Football. Um, you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and with with that trailer, um, it, it had Han Solo say the line, uh, I, uh, the Jedi are real. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know that they're not that was emotional. And I was that, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> It was very emotional because it shows, as Star Wars fans, we know this shows Han Solo as a different man from what he was in the original trilogy. And it, I, I could feel like the Lucasfilm story crew could could have even gone that way. They could they could have gone they could have stick with the same smuggler who's an older man who's more wiser, but they decided to make the character, uh, just more intact with the spiritual side, uh, exactly. which which is yeah. like. Which is which is something that you know it, it's very common in our real life uh, that yeah. we see in, and when we have elders and we have mentors and teachers it, it's more intact that way they they see it they see a bigger picture than I feel like the youth will because they haven't really understand that uh, psycholo- psychologi- uh, psychologically <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's very it's very impressive and I like I said it gave me chills it gave you chills just to see that Han Solo he he grew up. And he exactly. had so much development and so much um, built upon him that makes him who he who he was at that time. And ultimately, you know, the spoiler, but the sacrifice, you know, exactly. him yeah. him giving his life um, for his son, technically, mm-hmm. because you know, it, with theories come, theories go. But for me, a theory is the death of Han Solo. It, it I feel like it's more significant than um, the, what we see all what we saw on the screen, you know. I feel like there was a greater purpose that we might find out later on the trilogy. I don't know how you feel about that, Greg, but but I, I definitely feel like there is um, just there's something about the way Han Solo said what he said uh, to Kylo to get rid of the pain or Kylo saying, I want to get rid of this pain. I don't know how, uh, because I don't think that was a sign of him wanting to turn away from the dark, but I feel like it was a sign of him wanting to push forward to the dark. Or he's a, yeah. or he doesn't he's he's too afraid of the light where he doesn't want to go back, and his father he technically helped him to do that. But it, like I said, I think all those questions will be answered later, maybe in episode eight because we all know that he is actually going to be in episode eight. Uh, Harrison Ford maybe hopefully flashback scenes or or maybe de aging. I don't know. That that would be impressive. But um yeah, that would that'd be really cool. Right, and it, it, it would it would be crazy. Uh, but I I think we might be getting that. I don't want to make this to episode eight theory, but is there anything else you brought uh, with this debate between episode four and episode seven? Well, I just remember um, like finding a quote about, and I remember even JJ Abrams saying um, like about the whole argument or debate. And he said how like the force awakens was a bridge and a kind of reminder. The audience needed to be reminded what star Wars is 
but it needed to be established with something familiar, with a sense mm-hmm. of where we are going to new lands, which is very much what eight and nine do. And I feel like, just like from that quote, that he's like reintroducing the saga. You know, right. like it's been, I mean, it's been 30 years since we've seen, you know, a live action Star Wars movie. And I felt like with The Force Awakens, it was kind of like a reintroduction to to the franchise. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, I feel like a refresher to like, you know, keep everybody in mind like, oh, this is the saga. This is the sky. It's about the Skywalker family. And I and J.J. Abrams did that really, really well. And that's one of the reasons why I like The Force Awakens and um, and is uh, really good, I think, when to discuss the debate of uh, Force Awakens being similar to New Hope because a new a new hope. I mean, when George, I mean George Lucas had no intention of making all these or even yeah all these Star Wars trilogies of of even the prequels. Uh, you know, he just had the intention of making just one little Star Wars, and I I feel like um, because of like him making uh, Episode Four. I felt like that inspired, like, um, even when J.J. Abrams got uh, the, the role to direct it, um, to even go back to what we said earlier about the um, the poetry that of what Lucas wanted uh, and, like, the, the rhythm and rhyme of, like, mm-hmm. the prequels of, uh, in a way, the original trilogy to the prequels. I felt like J.J. Abrams wanted to do that uh, uh, with um, the sequels is to make the sequels, like, almost similar to the original trilogy so in my opinion i'm like i said i really like i have respect for the force awakens like it's one of my favorite star wars movie movies but i i just find it a little bit similar to a new hope and and i I completely agree with you uh there is definitely similar steps and i I, I do like what you said with with jj is this is the this is the re not even the reboot but just the refresh on star wars um, it's bringing back the culture that was once maybe silent for a while, you know, especially with the original Definitely. trilogy. Yeah. And, and I feel like it, it was done successfully. We can go back to 2012 where Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney or, um, George sold it, the company. And we, I felt like when that happened, cause I, I exactly the, I remember the exact moment when that happened and I, I forget the age right now, but, uh, um, uh, but I just remember watching it on the news about this. And then I said to myself, everything's going to change. Um, so much is going to change. And I, and I, you know, I didn't know for the better. I didn't know if it was for the worse, uh, because we had no idea, but there was that promise that Kathleen Kennedy, George and Bob Iser, Bob Iser. I mean, I can't speak right now, but, uh, what they, what they said to us, they, they promised us that we were getting a new trilogy and we're getting separate films between those trilogies, uh, between the trilogy. And so far, we've got two out of the, what, um, the four? The next four that is coming out? The two out of the six yeah. films that is supposedly coming? Um, and I feel like the company is in better hands than it has ever been. Oh, totally. Um, just look at the yeah. four. Just look at the – if you Google right now, uh, everyone who's listening, if you Google The Force Awakens um, box office gross or uh, the, the, what, the money had they has made for that film, it's incredible. They, oh, exactly. It's like I think yeah. it's number three compared to Titanic and Avatar, it's number three or the second one. I'm not I'm not completely sure, but it it's it's what it's it like put the company back on top. Um, where I feel like as Star Wars fans, where it should be. 
because uh, Star Wars is now prevalent to everybody. I, I work with kids. Um, I work I work at daycare with kids, and uh, every day I see a kid talking about Star Wars. <laughs> there's not one day where there's a kid not talking about stars and i see and the cool thing about it is back when i was younger it was real mostly boys uh that was in the star wars with the prequels but now that i work with these kids i see a lot of girls wearing star wars t-shirts uh, that are you know that and they love yeah. Jin, they love ray they love bb8 and they they love the stories that is coming out and i remember uh, a parent talking to me about their kid talking about rogue one that um that she doesn't believe that Jin is dead, uh, because it, it was her one of her favorite characters. It, it, you know that's it's it's yeah. funny though. Yeah. And it's uh, you know it's it's cute, but it's it's growing so much and so fast. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we have I work with uh, kindergarten, so I work with five year five to five to six year olds, um, and they know the stories. They know the new stories. They may they may not know every Clone Wars episode. They may not know who Ahsoka is. Or they may not know yeah. who. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like Mace Windu, or uh, uh, I'm trying to think of another abstract character in the prequels. Um, Dexter, right? They don't. They might not know <laughs> Dexter, but they but they definitely know Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo, and many more from that film. And I feel like that right there is the success of Lucasfilm, and why I exactly. feel like the direction that they headed with the force awakens, you know, mimicking, uh, the new hope. I feel like it maybe had to have been done. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It had to have been done. Um, but let's not make it step, but let's not make it a hundred percent cheap copy because I don't believe exactly. it's a hundred percent cheap copy at all. I think there's a lot of new elements Same. that the force awakens would dare to do. Our Lucasfilm mm-hmm. would dare to do For an example for me is, um, having a flashback scene or a force back and as well as a cliffhanger that directly leads to the next film. It's something that so yeah. many like different things like that, that I feel like if they wanted to do the safe route, we would never have seen those, you know, we, we would never yeah. uh, see the day of light between a, a, a cliffhanger for one. We, I think star Wars has never done that because I remember uh, if not exactly, but George talking about that he wanted to make these films uh, when he was creating them to be like, like a, like a, like a play, like a romance. Uh, the reason why is because he didn't want to have to explain the years. He didn't want to explain, um, time lapses or, or how long did this take or this, he just wanted to create stories, uh, stories within that universe. And, um, it it is something that I feel like it's successfully done. George had done amazingly. And he's always been trying to keep that timeless, feature to star wars which i feel like it's been that way and i but i feel like with the force awakens that they're changing it that um that they you know with the cliffhanger but it's not bad you know to me it's not bad do you think it's it's bad oh no i don't think it's bad at all like what you said it, it's not only like the force awakens not only had an impact on the older generation that grew up with um the original trilogy or our generation that grew up with the prequel uh prequel trilogy but I think mm-hmm. it also impacted the new generation, like what you're saying, that like how you're talking about uh, the kids that you work with, and and mm-hmm. I told and I was totally excited because I, I have a um, I have a five year old niece and and she loves Ray. She even uh, dressed up as Ray for Halloween, and I love wow. it how how like how this new generation is just being impacted by this new 
uh, sequel trilogy that's happening um, 2015, 2017, and 2019. And I'm really excited for the route that uh, Disney is going and that Lucasfilm is going with the sequel trilogy. And I, I don't think that it's going to be a copyright of, of Empire Strikes Back and Return mm. of the Jedi Episode 8 and 9. I, I believe so too. I think what what we are seeing now is new stories, new ideas, new tellings, uh, new tales. But anyways, let, let's keep moving forward from here. Uh, Greg, did you bring any else to the table? Um, yes, I did. I brought some um, interesting uh, facts about The Force Awakens. So um, one fact is how the blue X-Wing that we saw, the T-70 uh, resistance fighter, was based upon Ralph McQuarrie and Joe Johnson designed for A New Hope. And the blue X-Wing was also seen in uh, Blue Squadron and Rogue One as well. And they actually scratched the idea in A New Hope because they had a blue screen there. And, you know, you, they, couldn't, they couldn't really see anything. So I, I think that's kind of cool how they bring back some scratch elements into, you know, I want to say like a canon, uh, like backstage uh, feature of, of history uh, of Star Wars. And number two, fact two, is how Rey was originally going to be called uh, Kyra, which I find mm. which I find really interesting on that on that fact. And how the planet Jakku was actually going to be an ice planet where Ray was going to live in a wreckage walker. Um, which kind of sounds like a little bit like oh, wow. uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, when I when I picture that like maybe it was one yeah. of the maybe it was the walker that Luke destroyed. Um, but uh, talking about uh, Luke on this next uh, fact is that Luke was supposed to be a major character in The Force Awakens. Mm. And yeah, what, what you brought up here, uh, I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but what you brought up there was the Luke and Kyra. Because uh, I do want to talk about it because we are running a little short. But um, I do want to talk about that because that's very important. Because back then, in 2013, 2014, uh, during the development of the, of the film, George had a story treatment. Um, and I remember back then George and Kathy Kennedy and Disney were saying that George would be a very big part of this film, um, that he's going to kind of be a send off and moving forward. And soon he will be start leaving the company bit by bit. Uh, eventually, uh, apparently that didn't happen because they rewrote the whole script. Um, they got someone else to direct it. And, uh, this, I feel like an historic treatment was not used as far as we know, maybe some points were used, but we know by Disney that they did not want to use it. Uh, it could have been anything. Maybe they, they didn't like it. Then again, remember, uh, maybe the fans are not fans, but Disney was scared about the fans' reaction to George's another film of him because of the yeah. prequels and yeah, exactly. the passion yeah. they got. Uh, but you brought it up because Kyra is one of those things that George had created. Exactly. Um, exactly. And and the the, the idea of Luke, because uh, you know what we see right now in the Last Jedi, we're seeing Luke being the prominent character. We're seeing him being the mentor. Uh, that that he is and i feel like that was probably going to be used for the force awakens those those ideas because kyra what you said uh like kyra to me you know like like i think you're going to agree with this but to me kyra is like a better name exactly yeah and uh i feel like with the and especially in the concept of the force awakens a lot of concept of I, i would say it's kind of george's uh script a bit or his story ideas because we had the the planet maybe i think it was tatooine and you could see luke's face in the sand that's one mm. thing that I, I vividly remember from those uh from the concept art and um i remember seeing that and just saying wow like 
we're going to something very different. Like, are we are we going to see the Luke that who is the Jedi Master? Why is Luke alone? Why is Luke in the desert? Who is Kyra? Why is I, and especially I don't yeah. know if you remember this. Another one just came out was with Kyra, and I think I forgot the boy's name, but it was a it was a it was gonna basically Finn's character, but he was a white boy, and I think Kyra and him were brother and sister, and they were flying in the X wing, and I think Kyra had her lightsaber out cutting a star destroyer. I don't oh, know wow. if you remember that one. I would love yeah, to see I, that. I, I, I'll see if I can find it. I'll send it to you. But there's definitely that art of 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 that happening, especially and having the two. Because I remember George wanted to do it with teenagers, start the film with teenagers. And we all know that if that would have happened, there would have been probably a lot of backlash because of oh, yeah. having a little boy with episode one, right? So there's oh, yeah, definitely totally. that. Uh, is there anything else that you have from the facts? Um, I, I got this last fact uh, saying how Starkiller was going to be Ben Solo's alter ego. Which, in my opinion, when oh. I, whenever I think of Star Killer, I think of the Force Unleashed, uh, Vader's apprentice. Yep. Do you, do you think that Disney, as and Disney and Lucasfilm, do you think they would they would use that, or do you think like they would they would bring the Force Unleashed back, or in a sense of maybe it was going to be used for the second trilogy? Um, it would be hard to say because if they were to reintroduce, it would have to fit into the canon timeline. Like, I think that's a problem right. with introducing um, Legends characters and bringing them back into the, uh, like, into canon uh, is they have to, like, know, like, where do we have to fit this character? It, uh, similar to, like, Thrawn, like, oh, how are we going to uh, fit Thrawn into a canon timeline? Oh, we'll add him in Rebels. And I honestly don't don't think that Starkiller is going to be uh, canon because I can't see him like fitting into uh, the canon mm -hmm. timeline. Right, right, and that that brings a point of one of for me one of the obvious things that I, I see that was a, a direct re uh, reconnection to those films was Star Killer base and the Death Star. Um, with the Star Killer base, it's basically the same exact thing. It's a planet killer mm -hmm. that is destroyed in the first film, and maybe we'll see it again. Hopefully not, right? Uh, that's one yeah. thing that I really didn't like about The Force Awakens because I do love the film. Let's not get that wrong. I love the film so much. Uh, the hype for it, the exactly. buying the tickets early, just the anticipation and the anxiety of it. I loved it all. But um, definitely Starkiller base. I feel like watching it, I was like, it's really cool. It's really interesting. It's definitely a big one-up from the Death Star and it's, it's technology-based. But I feel like it was something that we, we shouldn't have seen or maybe it could have been saved for the last film. Yeah. Are like because it, it feels like something that you would build towards, you know, um, exactly. something that is like yeah. this super weapon can destroy multiple planets, and it wipes out the whole republic, right? Mm -hmm. And I and I do like that. I love. I actually really like that sequence of all the planets blowing up, and it shows just the technology has, just in thirty years, yeah, it, it's just ten times better, right? Yeah. So, but it, it's really interesting about that. But other than that, I feel like it, maybe it was. I feel like we didn't need it. Did you? Do you think about that, or do you agree with that? I agree with you. Uh, I felt like uh, we should have had it like what you said at the end of uh, end of like nine, you know, like build up the hype, like maybe have like I remember I was talking to you a couple of days ago and having like a super star destroyer like battle. How you have like an old Republic uh, super star destroyer against like a first order super star destroyer. And maybe you can mm. even throw in like the Republic fleet against like the first order fleet have like this uh, build up to a giant space battle. Uh, at the end of the Force Awakens, 
And I, I was honestly a little disappointed um, with it as well because it, it kind of lacked uh, little land battles, but it wasn't like that much. But I, I had to agree with you. Like, I felt like the buildup for Starkiller Base should have uh, been towards nine instead of uh, episode seven. Right, right. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be awesome if episode seven, at the end of it, you, you, not maybe not episode seven, maybe eight and maybe episode eight, but like if the Starkiller base was to be at the last film, episode nine, wouldn't it be cool to kind of have like that, that type of cliffhanger is like, we found something. And it's kind of oh, like yeah. a type of Rogue One where it's like they found they found some plans and they show us and then you just see a, a planet start, like a, basically a Death Star. And the, the fans, I feel like that would have been a great, fan explosion uh saying like it's coming back you know it's coming back instead of having this you know people because i feel like if it was treated differently if the star killer base was treated differently i feel like fans would respect it more um because i feel like fans don't really have that real respect for the star killer base um not like the death star but obviously because the death star was um it was the first film you know it's iconic it's Mm -hmm. it's memorable but if but episode six i feel like i really like episode six it's one of my favorite films and seeing the death star 2 and just them having to strike planet and the, just going inside the Death Star. It's one of the great things. And I feel like if nine was to do that, that would have been, I feel like epic end to the trilogy. Uh, if it was just to have one super planet and maybe a couple other big ships that they have to destroy throughout the trilogy. But um, we are, we are running a little bit late, so we're going to start wrapping up soon. But is there any last things you have about this debate? Uh, do you feel like this debate or having a debate like this is necessary for the community? Or do you feel like it's, it's just toxic? I feel like it's necessary uh, for the community because it, it builds, it allows fans to connect with one another, allows them to watch the film together and analyze the films, and also hear their different opinions on the on the films, on the topic, and debates like like such as this debate. And I feel like because of this, it it would build up the Star Wars community and even build up the uh, fan community as well. And I think it's definitely helping uh and helpful to uh the community yes uh i i I agree with you too Uh, i feel like any star wars fan out there any listener right now if you want to have these type of debates if you want to have these talks make sure you're talking to a star wars fan who generally cares about this uh because you're gonna get a especially i see a lot of social media people who will just say oh i hate it disney controls it uh are um it sucks regardless people just haters like that because i understand like for me i think this stuff is kind of toxic um because i feel like it it separates the fans because um like i said with the children right uh they love these they love these films and we can't take that away from them this is their star wars we have our star wars and the and 40 years ago they had their star wars and i feel like that everyone has their own star wars that they love you know clone wars rebels original trilogy and we should all respect each other because of that or kind of like see diff- see our different viewpoints because there's people who love Jar Jar. There's people who don't love Jar Jar. There's people who love Ewoks and there's people who doesn't. So exactly. There's yeah. just, there's just so many. And I feel like having these debates, uh, I, I will, I will say they are a little bit, um, I feel like they are a little bit needed or necessary because it definitely builds your fandom. Uh, you definitely exactly. builds, it sparks the community. And I feel like having a community, especially as great as the Star Wars community is, um, it, we need those type of talks. But let's talk about it as uh, like friends. Let's talk about it as friends. Let's talk about it being respectful. That's that's what I say to it. But um, let's wrap things up here. I want to say thank you, Greg. 
uh, for being on the show and just being a part of it. This is your this is his first episode, guys. So uh, you will definitely be seeing so much more of you. Uh, so is there anything in any way that people can find you or they can see your work? Um, yeah, you guys. Uh, so I'm on Instagram and um, it's called my Instagram is called uh, Starfigs. And so I post like the latest Star Wars breaking news, photos and art. And uh, I got my YouTube channel as well. Um, I said it in the beginning, but I'll say it again. Uh, it's uh, Starfix Gaming, and I play. Uh, I do uh, upload Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront clips, uh, epic kills, uh, glitches, and funny moments. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you guys, if you, you follow so Greg, I will leave me, it. Man. No problem, man. And I will leave your uh, information on the description of this video on iTunes and on SoundCloud so people can find you. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. So the next topic I have for this episode is a question. It begins with, is Marvel changing G-level canon? Um, if you don't know what G-level is, it's George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, obviously. Uh, but why I bring it up is for the new issue that came out on June 7th, Darth Vader issue 1. Uh, this issue started... Uh, right at right not after but right in between episode three where uh, Anakin starts turning into Darth Vader in the mechanical suit and the reason why I bring this up is because I in the in the issue page six it talks about let me bring it up for you guys it talks about Darth Vader coming out of the the what would you call it the table right coming out of the table when is when he starts punching and we all know the the, the famous line that he's talks about he talks he says um, you know, the big, no, right? But in Marvel's issue one of Darth Vader, they change it up a bit. And, and it's not that, I mean, okay, it is pretty big, but it's not that overly dramatic. Um, the reason why is because it, it, in a couple of uh, pages back, it shows Anakin uh, getting frustrated. He's using the Force to destroy the, mechan the, the, the medic bots, and he's seeing uh, images of Padme dying. And... And then he explodes in a way, and he says, and the no that they use in the comic is just no. <laughs> There's no big no, like a bunch of, bunch of O's or explanation points. It's just no. Um, and then obviously throws Palpatine across the, the room and to the wall. Uh, I want to talk about this because I f this kind of bugs me a bit as a fan uh i, I want to bring part, part of my personality to here and what how much how i feel about it and my personal take on this when it comes to star wars i feel like you shouldn't change the canon that's already there from george uh th this for me explain that this goes with the clone wars um the the clone wars film uh the prequels and the original that is all george's that's what he created uh but I feel as if with the prequel hate that, that, that there is, and I'm not a prequel hater at all. I actually really love the prequels. I love all Star Wars. Um, that's why I'm part of the network. Uh, cleaning you joke, but it's all right. But anyways, I love all Star Wars. And I feel like when people talk bad about the prequels, you know, I, I can't tell you you can't say no because that's who you are. If you, it, Whatever you like, you like. There's some stuff in Star Wars that I don't like. Uh, you know, some things with The Force Awakens. and um, But I feel like that will change throughout the trilogy. I'm not going to judge the, the, the film until I see the whole trilogy. That's in my opinion. But back to this, what I was talking about is that there's with the with the people with a lot of hate, they want to change it. They want to – like for me, one of the 
the saddest things that I see on, on YouTube is seeing um, when people re- re-edit the film and they delete every Jar Jar scene or they delete every love scene or whatever that they want to do because they feel like that's what ruined their movie for them. Or if they say, uh, George Lucas uh, raped my childhood, you know, stuff like that is just so obnoxious. And for me, it's just disrespectful to the art that you enjoy uh, because technically you're just trashing it and you're showing to the public that you think this is in a, you think this is wrong this is inappropriate this is stupid and it doesn't really just it doesn't make the star wars fans community look good it just makes us look like crying babies and i feel like that's what we've been looking at that's how i feel like people see us as as a community like uh prior to i want to say prior to disney is that they've been seeing a community of people who just hate everything george does and going back to just george created it all and it's just very it's just very undertone it's just very um disrespect you know and to me, I take that personally because I grew up with the prequels. And that, you know, I cherish the film. I saw episode three, episode two, and episode one in the theaters. I was there for that. And maybe I was too young for episode one to remember. I think it was like five. But still, I think the the most memory I have is seeing episode three with, uh, with my family uh, there. And it was just very amazing. And I love the scene between Darth Vader and Darth Sidious when Darth Vader turns, when Anakin turns into Darth Vader. It, it's, it's so breathtaking. It's, it's, it's so intense and it shows the impact and the power that Anakin has. And I feel like even, it even shows that Anakin's power is diminished because he becomes Darth Vader and he has to wear the suit. Um, and it, for, it, that, it's amazing. And like, anyone will tell you that they, they love that stuff. But the no never bothered me. The no part that never bothered me once, but it does bother some fans. And like I said, I can't tell you what you can and cannot like, but I just telling you how I feel. Uh, but going on, because I really don't want to make this a rant. But um, the the issue it says no, but it also has Darth Sidious being thrown across the room. Uh, this I have an issue with. Um, as aside from the no, the. Just the scene of Darth Sidious being thrown across the room bugs me a lot. Um, I even put it on my Instagram. If you follow me, I can't uh, at Cantina Thoughts at Cantina underscore Thoughts. Yeah, maybe I'm more specific with that. Um, I, I I didn't enjoy it. I I didn't think it was necessary uh, until someone reminded me of a good point um, that these comics that Marvel releases, even though. It's canon, right? It's always canon. It's going to be canon now because of, the, of revo- removing the expanded universe. Everything that comes out now is canon. But we have to remember that these are representations of what happened. So what we're seeing here is a someone's representation and someone's idea of how the scene is. And that, for me, that's... That kind of makes it feel better in a way because then i don't have to be like okay they're really not trying to trash george lucas or they're not trying to just erase it but this is what the representation is and to me and i'm very i'm very um i will tell you that that i will allow that i'm trying to get the words in my mouth there but i'm trying to allow that i will allow that because i respect art i love all kinds of art music film tv um poetry books uh, comics even or even a, a podcast the art of podcasting um so i i respect that and level but but it still bugged me because this is considered canon right because i feel like if you were to do that during the expanded universe then it wouldn't be such much it wouldn't be much of a big deal because um 
this expanded universe is is large. It's it's ignore. It's um. It's cluttered. It's claustrophobic in there. There's so much happening in the expanded universe that it was hard to create stories anywhere, right? Uh, we, we go back to the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, we go back to the, um, know, forgive me if I say it wrong, the Yuzan War. Um, stuff like that because it, it just, it was artists and it was creators of Star Wars who had their own representation of these characters. But they weren't George's, right? Because we all know George didn't really like Mar Jade, our, um, uh, even just most of the expanded universe, because it kind of threw away some of the things. So let me talk about that, because um, I don't want to get so much into this, but um, that that brought an interesting point to me is that uh, Luke Skywalker, right? Let's let's go back to the expanded universe for a second. Luke Skywalker, uh, we all know, we all love him, and I. I, and I just I remember throughout the years I've always accepted that uh, Luke Luke Skywalker create after the episode six he created the Jedi Temple and he created he re tried to recreate the order and he was very successful and he became a Grandmaster and he followed the footsteps of all the Jedi's in the world right um, I accepted that growing up um, becoming a big Star Wars fan I I, I wasn't into the expanded universe I'll be honest with you I didn't really read much of it uh, but I did enjoy the comics I did read a lot of those. Um, and I still do today, and I, but I am trying to read more of the novels, uh, aka Ahsoka. I'm almost done with that. But going back to the point, um, Luke Skywalker was represented at that. It was a representation of him, and you can find out that George Lucas never once approved of that. In a sense, he never would have really uh, accepted that 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 Luke would go back and create the temples and be successful and and be and be the the grand jedi master of legends right or you know expanded universe uh because luke wouldn't do that the luke skywalker that george created in the film uh if going into more into depth in this is that when luke showed compassion for his father on the death star he chose love over the order because luke could have destroyed vader and that would have been the jedi way right destroy the sith you must um, it's your destiny. It's your path. Obi Wan and Yoda told him, but Luke chose something different. He said, "I won't kill my own father." Right? He loved his father, even though his father was Darth Vader, the e most evil Sith Lord uh, ruler in the galaxy, right in the Empire. But he chose compassion, and that that says a lot about the character of Luke and what his motivations are. And where his head is at when it comes to it. Because, yes, and in canon now, in episode 7, he did try to create the Jedi Temp the, the new Jedi Order. But it failed. And that's that's very, very, very important. Because through his failure, he realized which, which we are seeing in The Last Jedi, especially from the trailer. Like, we can only talk about the trailer. I can't tell you the plot at all. But that Luke thinks the Jedi should end. What he did was what... The error, the the error way of the Jedi, because the Jedi is not perfect. The Jedi isn't shouldn't is not perfect. We all know that the Jedi Order ended because of one person. If you can think about it, um, ended because of Anakin, the chosen one, right? The chosen one to end the Jedi and to end the Sith. Now think about that, right? Now <laughs> I know I I know we can I can make a whole discussion about this and we could go back to this if you guys enjoy it let me know uh you could DM me a Cantina thoughts about it DM me like I really want to know if, if this is something you're very interested in because I'm very passionate about this the the psycholo psychologically man I can't speak 
But all of that about Star Wars, and I love to go in depth into it and really take out every nick and cranny of of uh, you know what we have. Uh, but going back to the Marvel issue, right? It all ties into what I said: representation. It takes representation away because this is now canon, right? Because the expanded universe was expanded universe and it's now considered legend, but now we have canon, right? And changing it, I feel like just just kind of just puts mud into George's face. It's something that I don't think he even deserves, um, because he created the the one the greatest saga of all time, right? And I feel like all Star Wars fans can agree on that. Um, so th- that's what I, I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to know your uh, your take into it. What do you think about that? Now we we continue with the comic here, and I'm not going to do a review on it, but um. In the comic, Vader is is basically threatening Palpatine, saying, "You did this to me, blah blah blah." Where my rage, anger, but Palpatine is fighting back, and they're having this feud, and it's just it's so comic booky, you know. And I love comic books, I love Marvel, um, but it's just I don't know. Like I, I love like get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Okay, let's talk about the Marvel comic for a second. Don't get me wrong, okay. Um, I love the previous Darth Vader series. It's actually, I finished it not too long ago, and it's probably one of my favorite Marvel comic series of Star Wars ever, compared to, uh, I think the second that I really enjoyed was Shatter Empire and uh, the Lando series. I haven't really caught up on the Star Wars, but the Star Wars series is, uh, is sometimes it gets a little boring. But the Vader series is, is amazing. So, uh, it's just, I hope that it can change. I hope that we will see more... I don't know, just more sticking to the G-level canon on this because I hope they don't change too much. Now, my fear on this, uh, Star Wars fans, is that I'm afraid that later on down the road, we're going to get maybe issues changing the prequels or even changing the originals to compensate what the new trilogy is doing or further on from that. That's what I'm afraid of because that tampers with George's uh, canon. And I don't know if it's in the contract that he, they can manipulate it or they can release a. Actually, no, 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 no. I don't think they can. I don't think they can re-release the films and kind of like do what George's did is edit them or release the original copies, which is what a lot of fans want, uh, which I don't think we need because we have new movies coming out. Um, that's just you know, like I said, all of my opinion here. Uh, but let me know. Let me know. Comment down. Uh, well, not comment down, but leave a review on iTunes, please, and let me know on this. But I'm gonna wrap up the show here today. Uh, I thank you so much for listening. I want to thank Greg from earlier for being on. He was a great guy. Uh, like I said, the ASW family is growing so much, and I'm so proud of everybody who's a part of it. Uh, thank you, Mike, for everything you do. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I know he's listening, but um. Very excited for the future of this network. I'm excited for, you know, talking more about these debate type of things with the original trilogy and, and the prequels and getting just all this stuff down. And I do love the Marvel series. I will continue reading Darth Vader. I will uh, because um, I love Star Wars. That's just it. But we'll see how far the series go. So far, it's not really impressing me, but maybe down the road it will so but thank you guys for listening please leave a review on itunes and up at soundcloud give me some likes uh follow my on my uh, instagram page cantina at cantina underscore thoughts um i will leave it down on the description below 
And if you're on YouTube listening, please give it a like and subscribe. Uh, let us know how you're enjoying the show. If you really enjoy it, let us know if you enjoy Greg. Uh, he, you'll be seeing more of his, uh, if his hearing his voice more on the show and other people coming on. We're very excited uh, for this. So leave a comment down below and may the force be with you always.